Hi, this is Ananda, president of the Hare Krishna community near Washington, D.C. What follows is a Sunday talk recorded at our temple. Every Sunday we invite the public for meditation, a talk, and a vegetarian lunch. We'd love for you to join us. More information is available at iskonofdc.org. That's I-S-K-C-O-N of D-C dot org. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy the talk. Um, so please uh, see Divya Anandprabhu after the class or see me. And uh, also, if you'd like to make calls to motels or to hospitals and, or go door to door with our devotees, any way you'd like to contribute to this, uh, especially this month, uh, since yesterday was the actual titi, the actual time, uh, the actual day, thousands of years ago when Krishna spoke Bhagavad Gita to uh, Arjuna. So uh, please keep, keep that in mind. And uh, all, all of us have been felt so benefited by the teachings of Lord Krishna, by the presentation of Srila Prabhupada. Let us give that uh, opportunity of benefit to others. Thank you. So we have uh, with us uh, today uh, His Holiness, Ramapad Swami Maharaj. And uh, so I first met Maharaj in 1976. How many of you were not born yet in 1976? Hare Krishna. Oh my God, I'm really feeling old. <laughs> uh, and uh, over the years, I've gotten the great opportunity to, um, to be with Maharaj in many different places in America, many, many times in India, even several times in the Far East. And I was thinking of how to introduce him today, and the thing that really struck me is that every time I've ever met him or ever talked to a devotee met him, he's always trying to give Krishna consciousness to others. That his whole life is totally dedicated to that. And when I look at myself in the mirror, I think, oh God, uh, you know, I dedicate maybe 10% of my life to something like that, and he's 100%. And it's, it's very, very inspiring. He just, that's all he thinks about. Uh, is how to uh, give the same benefit that he got from his spiritual master, our founder, Srila Prabhupada, whose statue is there behind you, and how to give that uh, again to others. And I was also thinking how Maharaj has this amazing combination of very, very deep philosophical understanding of the Bhagavad Gita and of the uh, uh, Vaishnava theology, and a very, very warm and welcoming heart. And that combination uh, is is rare to find. Usually you find one or the other, but to find that combination is truly is truly wonderful. And he's going to speak today on a very important verse in the Bhagavad Gita, chapter two, verse thirty-nine. And you'll I, I'm not going to give the class, but uh, but you'll you'll hear all about the the uh, uh, how Sankhya Yoga leads to Bhakti Yoga. So let us give a warm Iskan of DC welcome to His Holiness, Ramapatnara. <laughs> I've heard this introduction many times, but this was a good one. So usually he says, the first time we met, his name was introduced. The second time we met, I remembered his name. And he was like, we have the same first name. <laughs> Not the same last name, though. A little different. Nama Om Vishnupadaya Taya Bhutade Shimate Bhakti Vedanta Swami Itinamide Saraswate Deve Gauravani Vrachadide Nidesha Sanyavadi Pastachade Satadide Jaya Sri Krishna Chaitanya 
Prabhu Nityananda, Shri Advivasadi Gaura Bhaktavrinda, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama Hare. Normally, it's nice, it's our tradition that we start with a class by singing Jai Radha Madhava, but my voice is shot, so if I start, I might not get to the class. If you're looking forward to Jai Radha Madhava, you can, I'm sure they'll entertain you or glorify the Lord nicely. Gita Jayanti, Moksha Da Ikadasi, yesterday, pretty good with Gita and Krishna just recited it once. The entire Bhagavad Gita. So many of you, so most of you, if not all of you, are Bhagavad Gita. So Bhagavad Gita doesn't need an introduction. I'm used to speaking to audiences where Bhagavad Gita needs an introduction. Depending on the audience, the introduction to Bhagavad Gita, depending upon the audience, that's very generic. Wisdom literature, as opposed to information literature, or as opposed to fiction literature. But knowledge that imparts that which is the mind and the senses, that's pretty nice. Knowledge that's beyond the mind and senses. Mental literature, wisdom literature. And another way of describing what Bhagavad Gita is, in simple terms, depending upon the audience, it's yoga systems, plural. Because many people, Western people particularly, but gosh, all over the world, experience, it's Hatha Yoga. I learned something about what Hatha Ashtanga Yoga. Would you like to hear? Hatha Yoga skips Yama and Niyama. And its focus is on the next, and it focuses on asanas and pranayama. However, I heard this from a, a, a nice scholarly devotee. There's a book written some 200 years ago on just it's about Hatha Yoga, but there is some recommendations. It's not go to the city and go to a yoga class or sit in front of your telemis, the Ashtanga yoga system, but go to a secluded place, build a little cottage, and cleanliness is important, cleanliness outside so that the cleanliness <coughs> becomes possible. So there are some, some do's which imply there's some do-nots. But the asana portion. So most people, when they hear yoga, that's what they think. So our, one of the book distributors locally here was saying, what, uh, when we go to Dorton, that we're from a yoga society, people don't seem to be warm to the idea, or this is a literature that's... So how do you introduce new people to the message of Bhagavad Gita. Well, it's wisdom, Charlie. <laughs> In this age of Kali, 
that the process of accessing transcendence must be made very easy because otherwise people won't access it. And even if it's made very easy, it's so mandabhagya hupadrata in the language of the Bhagavatam. People are, are, are very unfortunate um, for a lot of reasons. So Bhagavad Gita is a treatise on the yoga systems, plural, and the starting point, the starting point of Krishna's instructions in Bhagavad Gita is our topic for this evening. Sankhya. So what's Sankhya? Literally, Sankhya means to count. Or there's categories of matter over here, and over there there's categories of spirit, and Sankhya is analyzing the distinction between matter and spirit, like the beginning parts of Bhagavad Gita. You're not the body, and then who, you, who are you if you're not the body? So there's, di there's definition of what the not the body is to help us understand what the soul is. It's, it's neither caught by, by a weapon. Arjuna and Krishna are discussing as friends, as Prabhupada's, because that's their rasa. Arjuna is Krishna's cousin. Of course, Krishna had a number of cousins. He had a lot of cousins. But one amongst them was a very special cousin, that's Arjuna, who was particularly, as a cousin, gifted in warfare. And Krishna had a purpose in coming into this world. He d discloses in the fourth chapter. And that's three things. Everybody knows those three things. To give protection to the, the sadhus, to admonish the duskritis and to restore dharma, those three things. So Arjuna was in going to be instrumental, part of Krishna's plan was for Arjuna to be instrumental to admonish or destroy the duskritis. What does duskriti mean? Kriti means merit and sukriti means using merit for a good purpose. And duskriti means using merit for a bad purpose. Just like Karanyakashipu or Ravan or any, any great duskriti, they underwent great austerities for a long, long time. But what, what was the purpose of the, of the austerities to get kriti? There's one demon who wanted to kill Krishna out of revenge. So he went to South India and for a whole year, he only ate iron filings for a year. Yummy. So Lord Shiva came and, what would you like? He wanted some duskriti purpose. And he, he met his end. Arjuna was an instrument for Krishna's removal of the Duskritis. So the Kurukshetra battle was assembled for that purpose by Krishna's arrangements. <coughs> Krishna makes different arrangements. Krishna's arrangements, arrangements are for these three purposes. Satisfying and reciprocating loving dealings 
with his devotees. Sometimes it's very interesting, very playful, very mischievous, very creative, very funny with his devotees. And then there's the Duskritis by, by his Leela Shakti, he arranges things. So Krishna has explained the beginning part of chapter 2 Bhagavad Gita when Arjuna surrenders to him because he doesn't know what to do. So he surrenders and asks Krishna to please Shishya, I'm your, I'm your disciple, please give me instructions like a disciple instead of like a friend. So Krishna immediately admonishes him and begins describing Sankhya. A wise person, a person, this is wisdom literature, a person that has wisdom doesn't lament over the temporary. And you're speaking learned words, but you're lamenting over the temporary. So guess what? Can you give some practical explanation of how to live a life according to Bhagavad Gita? Well, it starts with understanding of who you are and as well as who you're not. And then you act accordingly. That's practical. And that acting accordingly is called Bodhi Yoga. What's Bodhi Yoga? Bodhi Yoga, like Bhakti Yoga, what's it goes, Bodhi Yoga is where one is connecting with Krishna, because yoga means to connect, connecting with Krishna by the guidance of intelligence, buddhi, spiritual intelligence. There's material intelligence and there's spiritual intelligence. And there's lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of material intelligence that doesn't lead to Krishna. And then there's a very specific kind of intelligence that leads to Krishna. Krishna gives it. The Dami Buddhi Yogam Tam later in chapter 10. So Krishna is saying, I'll read the translation. Thus far I've declared to you the analytical knowledge of Sankhya philosophy. Now listen to the knowledge of yoga whereby one works without fruitive result. Works without attachment to fruitive result. Because with work, there's something. Cause and effect. It's push and the pull. And it's the, the, the nature of prakriti. Without attachment to the fruitive result. If there's not attachment to the fruitive result, why work? If you have buddhi, you know what the answer to that question is. If you don't have buddhi, you either don't work or you work with attachment. O son of Pritha, when you act by such intelligence, you can free yourself from the bondage of works. Two verses later, very nice verse, very important verse, where Krishna's make a distinction between those that have bodhi and those that don't. Those that don't, they work very hard and their intelligence is Bahu shaka. Shaka means branch. Like there's a tree, a trunk, and there's a bran many branches of the tree. Illusion. But those who are on the path of buddhi yoga, they're vyavasayatmika buddhir ekeha kunanandana. 
Their intelligence is very focused. They may do many, many things, that, not me. People do many things, but their aim is one. And what's that one? That's bodhi yoga. The one is Krishna is to be pleased. That's bhakti. They, they can be used interchangeably, th but the terms are different because they mean specific things. Bhuti is where one is f very focused, one's intelligence is very focused, the mind and senses are engaged in varieties, varieties of activities, there's, w there's one purpose. Bhakti, the one purpose is to please Krishna. So in one sense interchangeable, in another sense, bhuti is a subset. But to do either bodhi or bhakti, there has to be a pre preceding understanding of who you are as opposed to who you aren't. Supposing you don't know who you are, you're not going to be focused. You're going to be in the bahushaka program. So sankhya leads to bhakti. That's the topic for this class. Sankhya understanding what's what has a purpose. The purpose is knowing what's what you do that which is who you are in relation to that which everything comes from on that point and going to go to the next point. The next point is in Bhagavad Gita there's three primary sections where Sankhya is discussed and all three of those sections have the same conclusion. Sankhya leads to bhakti. So chapter 2, from Krishna's initial instruction through verse 38, it's Sankhya. The next section, really short, really short, it's in chapter 7. Chapter 7, some of you like Bhagavad Gita. I hope some of you like Bhagavad Gita. And in chapter 7, Krishna throws the trumpet. I've explained to you at the end of chapter 6 the topmost rung of the yoga ladder. The topmost rung of the yoga ladder is bhakti. And it has two parts. It's what the body does, what the mind does. What the body does is engage always in my service. What the mind does is always fix on me. Madgate nantara. And now I'm going to tell you how to do it. This is how... What I just said is the top, so the middle six chapters is how to. Devotees often like, at the end of class, how to. Read Bhagavad Gita. Read the middle six chapters of Bhagavad Gita. It's all the how to is right there. And the first thing that Krishna does is he has a little Sankhya section. Short, three verses. There's categories of matter. And he says there's eight. Everyone knows the eight. Most of us know the eight. Earth, water, fire, air, ether. That's five. Mind, intelligence, and false ego. That's eight. And then aside from th those eight, there's para prakriti. There's bina prakriti, separated, and prakriti. And there's categories of matter, and there's category of spirit. But there's another besides the soul. There's the supreme soul. And the third verse is, both come from me and are meant for my service. That was really short. Short and sweet. And that's a necessary how-to item 
to fulfill what Krishna promises in the first verse of chapter 7. I'm going to explain to you how to. Execute this topmost yoga system, which is bhakti. And there's a third section. It's much longer. Chapter 13. Some of you like to read Bhagavad Gita. So you know 6 plus 6 plus 6. Usually that equals 18. 18 chapters of Bhagavad Gita. So the first part of the final six is Sankhya. And in that Sankhya section, guess what? It's matter and spirit. Three times over. Categories of matter and spirit, categories of matter and spirit, categories of matter and spirit. It's the, the terminology is different, but that's the, the essence. Prakriti and Purusha, they're in spirit. Knowledge and the object of knowledge, Ganam and Gayam, matter and spirit. So, when Krishna is presenting the categories of matter, all of a sudden it becomes 24. So somebody might be scratching, a person that's new to Bhagavad Gita might be scratching their head and saying, which is it? Is it 8 or is it 24? There's a nice verse in the Bhagavatam where Krishna says to Uddhava, there's, there's many other versions besides 8 and 24. Some say this, some say that, some say the other. Th the, the model can, can vary depending upon the scholar or the authoritative. was a grahasta, I, I wouldn't, I just like go right over it, but when you're a sannyasi, let me share something with you. That sound vibration is, is meant for sannyasis. Crying of a child is especially for meant for sannyasis because sannyasis go, wow, I'm glad I didn't get married. <laughs> You're used to it, so you hear it all the time, and it's like nothing. Some of the rest of us, it's, pardon me, goes, goes with the ashram maybe, maybe personality too. <laughs> So, bhakti, sankhya leads to bhakti. Because in those, in that chapter <coughs> of Bhagavad Gita, very quickly, very quickly, Krishna takes Arjuna by the hand and he's showing, he's, he's answering his questions. They're not new questions, they're just repeats and more details of the same question matter and spirit in their different categories. And then once you have that, what do you do with it? You serve Krishna. You connect the individual soul to the supreme soul. There's a verse very early in chapter 13, one of my favorite Prabhupada sets. One of the so Krishna describes what's the field of activities. I can read the verse, it's a nice verse. And then Krishna says, and the soul is the knower of the field of activities. 
And then Krishna says, and there's one who knows all fields of activities. The, the, the word in Sanskrit is tu, tu, means and. Prabhupada's statement that I like very much, in one word, Krishna's defeated Mayavad philosophy. And in, in, every, in all bodies, there's also a knower of all fields of activity. There's spirit and there's matter. And the individual that doesn't know all fields of, of, of activity is meant to serve the one who does. The master and the servant relationship between the soul and the supreme soul. And the rest of the chapter unfolds describing details of details of what were what was discussed earlier about devotional service <laughs> and the nature of devotional service that's properly performed. That's Bhagavad Gita. Sankhya leads to bhakti or yeah, Sankhya leads to bhakti. Just in case you really like to read Prabhupada's books and you, don't, you are curious what else is there in Prabhupada's books about Sankhya, get ready for Canto 3, Srimad Bhagavatam, where Lord Kapiladev, what all 24 are, what do you do? Well, you bhakti. He, it, it goes to meditation, but meditation very quickly then goes to bhakti. He details the meditation, he details the bhakti. In two chapters, he details the bhakti. But the purpose of Sankhya is bhakti. So it's nice. Once you know how who you are, theoretically, what do you do? So theoretically, we can all agree, I would think. We wouldn't be here, we'd be somewhere else if we didn't agree with this one. We're spirit soul. And now, how to? How to realize? In fact, and, and every moment of life, live your life in that consciousness of who you are instead of theoretically, notionally accepting who you are but living your life in s some other way than who you really are. You know, it's, it, it's the fast forward is back by bhakti and then there's this big in-between liminal space of what you know and how you live your life. And so there's the cultivation of bhakti through sadhana and including, you know, regularly reading Bhagavad Gita. Somebody was sharing in one of the home gatherings during this visit here in uh, Maryland, Virginia area. I've been, I've been reading Bhagavad Gita for 15 years and I don't really understand it. What do I do? Keep reading it. With faith, because they wouldn't be reading it for 15 years without faith. They have faith, that's clear. They, I mean, by their personality, their nature, they have faith. For sure. That was Prabhupada's instruction. When he gave us his books, I remember this very clearly. In, in the good old days, we had a morning class in Bhagavatam, an evening class in Bhagavad Gita, and then Prabhupada, 1960. 1970, um, 
from the potency that's there in the message, even if initially you don't understand it. Because his audience, at least at that time largely, was Western audience that didn't know anything about anything. And he's introducing Bhakti to Sindhu, to an audience that doesn't know anything about anything. And they, can't, they have questions. So keep, just read it again. There's potency. That's the message. There's potency, even if you don't understand all that is to say about Sankhya, for example, because that's this, this today's topic. <laughs> if you don't understand about Sankhya, don't worry about it. Keep reading it. What happens through purification, this is a little testimony from somebody that's been practicing bhakti for a few years. It starts to go inside. When it starts to go inside, then you start to see things differently, and you start to feel things differently. And it, that is to say, the knowledge is already inside. Yes? Yes. <coughs> I'll end with this. Little Prabhupada said, and so we'll see, because we have, although Nanda Vrindavan isn't here, she's, she's here. It's, it's about an end at two o'clock, and you've got to leave some time for questions. So, <laughs> Prabhupada's story. I, this I heard from Satsurup Maharaj, who was there. The, f the first time that Prabhupada conducted Kirtan at Tompkins Square Park was the result of a long stretch of time of the devotees having nice kirtan at 26 Second Avenue. And then slowly, slowly, the devotees started dancing. And the, there, was, there was, you've seen the videos probably, you know, ecstatic dancing. And then one day, Brahmananda asked Prabhupada, is it okay if we go outside and take this kirtan out into the public? And Prabhupada was saying, I was just waiting for you to ask that question, yes but you have to get a permit because we don't want to have a problem. So they got a permit for Tompkins Square Park from three, two to five, three hours. And the devotees went from Tompkins, from 26-second Avenue down to Tompkins Square Park and sat under that celebrated tree and had kirtan for three hours. And there was a large crowd. They'd never seen anything like this before. People were wondering, this man. So these are the, the, the message of Bhagavad is something we already know, but it's covered. Covered with what? Forgetfulness, and you can describe forgetfulness in different ways. But we're covered. The, the original knowledge it just needs to be awakened. So part of it is removing coverings, and if you don't really immediately understand, keep hearing because it's removing coverings and simultaneously is awakening that dormant knowledge of, in its mature stage, prema, or a desire to be in service to Krishna, then keep going and keep going and keep going. Shraddha. I, I wish my life to be dedicated to service to God. It's, it's there already. It's just covered. And the sound vibration has this effect. So Sankhya leads to bhakti. Understanding who you are leads to serving the source of who you are. It's quite natural. It's not a stretch. 
It's quite natural. So the process itself is natural. The, the primary medium is sound, <laughs> just like our nice kirtan ears here, and, and the message of Bhagavad Gita, what you did yesterday, the whole Sanskrit, the whole English, Bhagavad Gita. And even if one doesn't understand it, just keep hearing. Just this morning I was hearing Prabhupada saying this. The reason we recite verses in the morning class, he was explaining this for about five minutes, is so that sound vibration <coughs> <coughs> the sound vibration can enter and if you're being attentive, it's going to have an impact and you may remember the verse. So in the course of the day you can remember the verse, the Sanskrit and or the meaning. And you notice when he would give class he'd take certain phrases and say them, you know, twenty that's our process. It's something we already know, we've just forgotten. Quite natural and very sublime. So that's my talk on Bhagavad Gita. Sankhya leads to bhakti. And now we're going to go to... Thank you, Maharaj. So questions? <laughs> Comments? What questions do you have for Ramapad Maharaj on class today? Yes. Hare Krishna Prabhuji. I have a question like on your, like uh, somebody asked like uh, after 15 years of uh, uh, reading Bhagavad Gita, like uh, I still have questions. And you said like keep on reading. Yeah, which which I, I, which I agreed. I said some things too. Yeah. <laughs> no, because I have my personal questions also there here. Okay. So uh, even like uh, when I'm reading this one, like, the more I read, I'm getting more questions. Good. Your light's on. Uh, That's good. My brain is now divided like, uh, what? I keep on questioning. No, th no, this is not right. It's, it's taking, good. yeah. That's good. Keep, keep so do you think this is the right way or yes. like? Uh, oh, absolutely. In being, don't be a blind, accepting person. You know, jigyasu. Now, to say this doesn't sound right is different than saying, I understand this. You know, if you're, if you're in the judgmental position, I'm right, and therefore this is something other than what I know, and therefore it can't be right. right. That's different than saying, I have such and such conception, and this is saying to, to a teacher or to the book. And then keep reading. How's that? Yeah, sure. Thank you. Thank you very much, Prabhupada. Question? Do you try to go ladies, men, ladies? Any oh. ladies have a question? All the way over. Thank you very much, Guru Maharaj, for the wonderful class. Um, it's a follow-up on what the Prabhu was said over there, and uh, you said, uh, keep reading. And I was wondering, because we have someone, um, you know, part of our group, and that person does have questions, but lots of questions, and we try to keep answering. Then we wonder at what point do, do the practices come in, and uh, how should we say that, okay, now you need to start going into the jar of honey and tasting it instead of just trying to feel it around and you know keep questioning and questioning. We all have our nature. 
and some people like there's nothing wrong with that that's good now your question specifically is when when does the channel turn <coughs> it's different for different people one of the things that helps the 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 direction to to move from just the intellectual approach to a devotional approach is sadhu sangha where one can see and model oneself after sadhu because by we take on qualities like those with whom we associate them. Oh, I want to say something more about this. Um, I've had experience with somebody like that, and when the light goes on, they become a really strong devotee. Because you know, because the inquisitive spirit move when it moves, it, it moves strongly. So it, if somebody's kind of stuck over here, <coughs> quite okay, unless they're you know disrespectful to the other persons in your group and they want to hear themselves and not hear others and so forth and so on. But you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a devotees. I've seen some other people just stay stuck too. Maharaj, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So um, we talk about Sankhya philosophy leading to Bhakti Yoga or Bhakti. Prabhupada mentioned many times in the, in the, in the purport about don't go to the Mayavadi philosophy. Right. Sankhya. So what's the difference between, can you explain well, a bit more details? There's devotional Sankhya and there's Mayavad Sankhya. Real Sankhya is devotional. It's in Bhagavad Gita three times. Kapila Dev is an incarnation. He's teaching Sankhya. He's known for teaching Sankhya. But he's not just teaching Sankhya, he's teaching Bhakti. But, but it's a foundation for entering properly into the realm of Bhakti. That's where he's taking his mother. He's not taking his mother into impersonalism. Or the Bhagavatam is not taking us into impersonalism. But there are some persons that that door is closed. And devotees aren't averse to Sankhya. It's not the be-all, end-all. But it's, it's obviously... It's in the Bhagavatam very strongly. It's in the Bhagavad Gita significantly. So it's important because it leads to a proper conception of what's what and then enter with a proper understanding, prop notionally at least, proper understanding of what's what. And then we can act in our relationship with Krishna. They stop. The door's closed. There isn't even a door. He's not just a Mayavadi, he's an atheist. You know, and it's resting upon the Vedas. Mayavadis also emphasize the Vedas, and that section of the Vedas that deals with matter without acknowledgement of the personality of Godhead behind matter. That's their program. Very dry. So, nothing. Someone else. Thank you, Maharaj. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. 
Um, I was wondering um, if there are verses in the Bhagavad Gita that you would chanting as prayers, because most of the prayers that we hear about are from the Bhagavatam devotees, but certain like verses that um, would empower one in day-to-day practice. There's many. You want uh, you want many, or you want one or two, or what do you want? Whatever you'd like to share, Maharaj. There's one that, that, that caught my attention recently. Chapter Chapter 12, verse 6 and 7. It's not exactly a prayer. I'll read the translation. The one who worships me, giving up all his activities unto me, and being devoted to me. The words that, that Arjuna speaks after seeing the universal form, those, that's nice also. For those whose minds are attached to the unmanifested impersonal feature of the Supreme, advancement is very troublesome. To make progress in that discipline is always difficult for those who are embodied. That's the one? Yes, Advaita is definitely related to Advaita Charya's question. Looks like looking at the hands of the clock, we have four minutes. Anyone else would like to contribute something to this? Over here. Your microphone isn't on for some reason. The microphone, I couldn't hear you because the microphone's not on. I got Chatra Sloki, but the rest I couldn't catch. Yeah, I was saying that this person was asking that if they have every day nice to prayers. read. Yeah. So the four verses that include everything. Nice. Uh, no. Those are four yeah. nice, very nice verses. You know what they are? Yeah. Ten eight. Start with ten eight four. Uh-huh, sir. What's your no, not you. Not that asked <laughs> the question. <laughs> ten eight. Ten nine. Ten ten. Ten eleven. One more. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Um, very often, uh, when I try to talk to someone about Bhagavad Gita, they say, oh, I have read it. Um, it's okay. And uh, they will say that I have read it, 
and they don't understand the essence of Bhagavad Gita. And then I invite them, like, it is good to read on your own, but what personally helps me a lot is reading with devotees, like, when um, in association <coughs> of devotees, it, it really helps to... And when you say that to the... the and I have few friends who want to e uh, read with, with the association of devotees. Find a teacher because education universally is there's a teacher. Find someone, encourage them, find someone who you can look up to that you feel some, they're trustworthy persons, you have confidence in them, and they're taking the, this message that's matching disciplic succession, and they're a good person to model, learn from. And then you could ask openly whenever you want to ask, and it's good to learn things from a teacher. 12.5, and one of the verses was saying that how impersonalism, uh, approaching the impersonalism uh, way of, uh, is not applicable to someone who is has a body like embodied like us. So. I'm sorry, I'm not giving the correct uh, explanation of the verse. But um, then I was wondering if Krishna is saying so clearly that for someone who has a body, impersonal uh, approach is not very, it's a hard way of doing it. Yeah. Then why people in Mayavad, how can they interpret Bhagavad Gita in a Mayavadi? You know Prabhupada's answer to that? One of his answers? <coughs> Supposing somebody is asked, please touch your nose. Someone says, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of. <laughs> because they don't want, they don't want in some other way, anything but what it says. Because their, their penchant is like that. Their disposition is like that. They don't want very stubborn. And may he keep on coming again and again and again to uh, Iskana of DC and give us his association. So very briefly, we have three uh, thank yous um, for sponsoring this week. Uh, and let me know if you're here. Pankaj and Alka for their 25th wedding anniversary. Are you here? Yeah. Oh, please come and get Marge, would you mind giving the Mahaprasadam to them? Please come. How many? 25 years. 25? And he's still smiling. <laughs> uh, Usha uh, Kosid for blessings of the Lord. Usha, are you here? Well, then you do get some Mahaprasadam, because they didn't claim theirs. <laughs> and finally, this one is in memory, so we turn to uh, the deities. Uh, Vikram uh, Dhawan and family in memory of the late Ved Prakash Dhawan. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. 
Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama. Are you here, Vikram? Okay, yes, please come around. Very good. And while we're waiting for him, uh, we want to wish you all a wonderful uh, week in Krishna consciousness. Uh, if you haven't had a chance, take a deep look at our temple. It's kind of coming up majestically from the ground. Uh, and uh, we are, as of today, on track for uh, Labor Day weekend opening. Please come.